Hey guys, this is Kyle Klammer here. Uh, you're going to hear that again in a second, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Hey, I uh, just want to get this episode out to you guys. Um, Zach and I recorded this with some other NBA members at the last banquet, and um, obviously this is much later than I ever intended to get this one out, but here we are. And so um, I've had it for a while now, and um, thought uh, since the banquet's coming up in a couple weeks, uh, maybe everybody would enjoy hearing this one. Um, and yeah, I think just get to know a few new people that have gotten involved in the organization. And we hope you enjoy it. And with that, we'll get into it here. Hey guys, this is Kyle Klammer. And this is Zach Welch. And this is... The Good Life Bowhunter, official podcast of the NBA. Here we are. We are coming at you from the NBA banquet here in Kearney. New location. Live from the Eunice Conference Center. Absolutely. So... Looking forward to having a little podcast here today. Um, got on several guests here. I'm just gonna kind of pass the mic around, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna Neil's Neil's laughing over <laughs> Neil's there. Neil's right cracking now. up Neil's, already. This might be this, a yeah. This is gonna be a rough one, folks. So uh, bear with us here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves? Go ahead, Brody. Yep, Brody McCabe from Norfolk, Nebraska. Neil Hahn from St. Paul, Nebraska. Tyler Presler from Norfolk, Nebraska. Blake Thompson from Hastings, Nebraska. Excellent. Yeah, no, we're uh, glad to be here. Um, I guess really, main things we wanted to talk about today, like I said, we're, we're coming at you from the banquet. Hopefully everybody's here having a good time. Um, <clears throat> I know we're, we just went to the big game update. That was informative and interesting. I don't know, do you, you want to bring up anything from that, Zach, I guess? I don't, I'm just trying to think if there was anything worth discussing right now but pretty yeah. much uh i don't know i mean they got that if you guys uh, are interested i this is the mo- probably the most interesting part i thought was the they're doing a pronghorn study right now yeah i'm just gonna um, say the the, yep. the collared study they're doing on the pronghorn um out in western nebraska that was a very interesting uh very interesting uh slide that that uh, luke did there on the pronghorn uh in fact that they had one buck that traveled i think over 60 miles yeah. Um, but uh, just some of the data they had on some of that were these antelope from their winter ranges and how they were traveling in, you know, this time of year, March, <clears throat> April. And he talked about how this is kind of the toughest year for pronghorn and that. But, uh, no, in- interesting study they're doing on that with the pronghorn. So uh, if you if you are listening to this and had a chance to sit through that and and uh, and attend, I guess, it, it was a lot of good information and uh if you didn't have a chance, I know Luke does a couple of those presentations throughout the year um, that you can, uh, Nebraska Game Parks has a link, you can sit in and attend those meetings throughout the year. So if you didn't get a chance here, um, keep an eye on their page and they uh, they do several. So Yep. Yeah, <clears throat> that was pretty interesting. I think, so basically just a quick, um, I guess, debriefer on that study. So they collared these antelope in the in February, I think, right, of last year so. in their winter ranges, yeah. just kind of monitoring their movements, basically. But pretty remarkable how far some of those antelope go. Um, most of them were were uh, collared, I think there was some, what, what did he say, Banner South, um, Box Butte East, and then I don't remember what the other unit was. Um, anyways, it, but yeah, pretty cool. Um, the other thing he talked about, and I just want to put a plug in here on this cause he was mentioning the, uh, 
hunter surveys. So I know everybody gets bombarded by those um, in your emails and stuff, but it really is important to do those and to just so that they can get the data from that. And just, it helps with, you know, tag allocations and helps with management decisions as far as, you know, learning what hunter satisfaction is. If people are seeing deer, they're not seeing deer, what those things look like. And so I just put a plug in there for them um, as far as, yeah, make sure you're doing those when you get those sent to you. And it, it, it really does make a difference and it is helpful. So just, I guess, a couple things, but anything else, Zach? I don't think so. A um, couple bills were brought up last night at the meeting and at the big game presentation. Um, so just keep an eye on that stuff because there's some bills that get brought up that, uh, as bow hunters, they really affect us. And, and uh, as an organization, we can really make our voices heard. I mean, people kind of sit back and see those bills and say, oh, someone else will speak up. But uh, uh, Luke comes here, and he really hears when uh, we speak up and talk about these things, and he takes them to game and parks, and we can really make a difference. So uh, like I said, there's a lot of bills that get brought up that uh, affect us directly as bow hunters. So when you see those things pop up, um, you know, right into game and parks, your state legislation, um, even your area reps, um, it's really important to stay on top of that stuff. So I guess that's all I have to add. Yeah, I know. Well said. Well said. Um, well, I guess today, so kind of what I wanted to sort of touch on, um, <clears throat> so like I said, everybody did introductions here. Um, I guess three out of our four guests um, kind of are pretty new to bow hunting, I would say, within the last, when, when did you guys, like three, four years ago, somewhere around there? Um, maybe, maybe yeah. Okay, yep. maybe a little longer than I'm thinking, but Blake's, Blake's one. Blake, Blake's one. been on one, but yeah. Um, so I just, I kind of wanted to just hear, I guess, you know, from a perspective of you guys. I mean, Zach and I, obviously, we've, and, and Tyler too, um, who's here with us, you know, we've kind of been doing this since we could walk pretty much. And, um, and I think we kind of take for granted a lot of times just, you know, those experiences and, and how that kind of, I don't know, just the learning curve I think with archery and bow hunting is, is pretty steep. And, and so it, it, it's just different. Um, so I just kind of wanted to hear from you guys as far as, you know, tell us how you got started in bow hunting. Um, you know, what, what your experience has kind of been like, um, you know, what, uh, I guess, you know, talk about even some of your hunting career before what, what that looked like. And, um, you know, maybe just, yeah, I don't know. We can just kind of see where it goes, but who wants to start? <laughs> Neil? All right, go ahead, buddy. Uh, so I grew up rifle hunting um, from the age that I could start, and that's what my dad had always done, and bow wasn't really ever a thing, so always rifle hunted, had some success with that. Um, and then at a certain point in time, I, you know, rifle hunting is only seven, eight, nine days. Uh, kind of wanted to extend my season so I got a black powder rifle so I could hunt all of December and then um, decided well bow hunting you know I get a few more months out of out of the year hunting too so my wife bought me my first bow when I graduated grad school um, didn't even use it for a year or two just kind of sat in the closet but I had it and then um, my wife was in med school and residency with Kyle so met him and got kind of a friendship going and started hunting with him so first couple hunts i did was just turkey hunting in omaha and then uh we've gone out to his ranch the past 
oh, four or five years. Missed one, I think. Um, so, but bow hunting for me is just, you know, a, a bigger challenge to get close to an animal. Rifle, you know, you could be three, 400 yards away and, and you're in the zone. But with, with archery, it's just, you know, more skill and reading the land and the wind and um, is just a bigger challenge in, in hunting for sure. A um, little bit more fun to, you know, it's more muscle memory. Anybody can pick up a gun and shoot and probably hit the target. But with, with a bow, you know, you've got to practice through the year and make sure that you're on target and a lot, a lot of different variables that you have to take into consideration. So I guess just the skill and the challenge with bow hunting for me was kind of what brought me into the sport. Um, had some success bow hunting. I think I've not a ton. I've shot two bucks in the doe. Um, only been at it for probably seven, eight years. Um, had two kids in the meantime, so time isn't always the easiest thing to find, but um, just really enjoy the challenge and and uh, the the differences in hunting, I guess, from rifle to bow. Um, and if, if I had my preference now is probably bow just because of you know being close to an animal and and um, I guess it's just a little bit more of a thrill for me so seven eight years and plan to do it forever now so I'll share um, this is Blake and I got into bow hunting. Uh, it's pure pressure, pretty much. <laughs> I hung around with Kyle and Brody and Neil, and and um, saw how much fun they had doing it. And so, I got talked into uh, buying a bow, and and here we are, a year later. So, had my first success this year. Uh, shot two doe um, within a matter of, I don't know, probably 10, 15 minutes, and uh, so back-to-back -back kills, and which was was pretty sweet. So. First experience was just a good time. There wasn't any kills, went out with you guys. And um, yeah, just like Neil said, it's just a challenge to gauge the wind and you know figure out where they're gonna be coming from. And I mean, you gotta be on top of them. So it's just a whole nother element to hunting, but it's been a blast and I plan on you know continuing to bow hunt for, like Neil said, the rest of the life. So I don't know. And prior to that, muzzle loading and and um rifle hunter but i didn't have success at that either so i've killed more deer with a bow or the same amount of deer with a bow that i have with with muzzleloader and, and rifle so glad to be in it and excited for what's to come yeah for sure the best maybe some have said but yeah 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 no brody you want to go ahead yeah yep. um so i first kind of got into bow hunting my parents bought me a bow back in high school and never I just grew up rifle hunting. Um, Dad wasn't big into hunting and stuff like that, but they did buy me a bow. Went and sat outside for a little bit outside our house. We had an acreage and um, didn't hunt that hard. You know, busy with sports and everything. I guess fast forward about probably eight years or so, and I'm like, you know, I started shooting in the backyard with this old PSE that I had. It was a youth bow and as an adult, but uh, I'm like, God, I, you know, this is, this is pretty fun and just shooting and getting better and went out turkey hunting that year and um, ended up shooting one. I think I hit, 
a turkey that I wasn't even aiming at, to be honest. <laughs> but I had one of those big, uh, those big bladed broadheads on them, and almost cut the head clean off this turkey. And it was, it was like, holy crap, this is, this is fun. And uh, right after that, uh, went out and bought a brand new bow, all the gear, everything. And I'm like, I'm hooked now. And ever since then, I've just been getting after it. I've shot countless turkeys. I, I probably up to. 10 or 12 I guess for with my bow um you know I've shot some does that was my first uh, deer kill was was a couple does shot a few bucks now with my bow um and just the thrill of getting close to the animal even with if you if I do grab a rifle and hunt anymore it's I want to put a stock on the animal I don't want to shoot from super long distances or anything like that just getting close to the animal is is what kind of brings me back every time so I'm uh I'm hooked and we get to go to Kyle's most every year and blessed to do that and thankful for that and we've I've had some pretty successful years <laughs> at the killing tree you know um so it's been it's been a it's been a good run and I don't see stopping anytime soon and I've got my wife into it now and she's killed a few few does some you know, shot a, a buck, but, you know, just not the not the best opportunity for her. Couldn't come up with it. He lived. Neighbor shot it. Yep, she got her first turkey this year. So, um, you know, we're both hooked, and I foresee many hunting trips in the future for both of us for, you know, she all she wants to do is bow hunt anymore. She doesn't even want to grab a rifle or a shotgun. So that's uh, that's pretty impressive. So I'm excited for the future, what, what holds for us for bow hunting. So. Tyler, you want to go ahead too? Go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been shooting a bow since I was, geez, I would have been in elementary school. Um, started with a little Red Rider, or not the Red Rider, geez, a little Red Bear bow, you know, since I was, a, I was, God, I would probably have been seven, eight years old at the time. And could barely draw the dang thing back, but I remember always just always shooting the target, always trying to make the shot. And I always had to stand on the left side of my brother because I'd always really arc that bow off to the left, you know. So my parents are always worried I'd shoot my brother if he was on my <laughs> left. So so I was on the left side, my brother was on the right side, you know. But uh, been shooting forever. Uh, I think the, the moment that I got truly hooked was uh, all the way up through high school, you know. I didn't have my own bow, so... I shot my mom's bow. I don't even know what pound it was, you know. My stepdad always, here, just just shoot this. Shot it left and right, just always shooting her bow like crazy. Uh, and we'd always, every every September, we'd do a, a two-week elk camp is what they'd do. They actually set up a big teepee, you know, beautiful teepee that my stepdad made. Beautiful thing. And we'd always set it up, and I'd be up there every weekend. And one day, he's like, Grab the bow, let's go. Grab the bow, we went up the hill. I'm, t I'm saying it was it was probably a 15, 20 minute hike up the mountain. We're still halfway up. Next thing we know, we heard a bull just rip off a bugle. I'm like 14, 15 years old. I don't know anything about hunting at this point. My stepdad's like, you stay here. I'm gonna go up the hill. You know, obviously thermals are coming down. I don't know this, but I know, I know now. Biggest thing he told me is like, hey, don't draw until you have a shot. 
all right, fine, whatever. I'll listen. You know, I'm, I'm a good kid. I'm going to listen to what my dad says. So next thing I know, I hear another bugle. Next thing I know, I see antlers. Oh, about 10 yards. It's like, oh, huh? there's, there's a bull, you know. But I just see antlers. It's coming up over the hill. I'm like, I can't draw. Don't draw. Don't draw. Dad says don't draw until the bull's broadside, right? Okay, finally, bull's broadside, 10 yards. I should probably draw my bow, right? So I'm sitting there. I'm try. I'm like, all right, I got to draw my bow. I try to draw the bow. I try to draw the bow. I can't draw my bow. <laughs> Finally, I muscle enough energy to get that bow to full draw. And it's just everything I have to get that thing to full draw. And, of course, the bull sees me. It's 10 yards away, right? It's a raghorn, four point. You know, nothing giant. But for a 14-year-old kid, this is a, a, this is a big animal. He sees me. He whirls. He runs down the hill. But this was the coolest experience. It was just like, all right, I'm hooked, you know. Never had an opportunity like that since. Been chasing that opportunity ever since. Never happened. But that's the allure of bow hunting, and that's that's what's gotten me hooked ever since. So since that 14-year-old child shooting my mom's bow, nothing better. Yeah. I think we all we all get it. We're all bow hunters here. We get it. So it, yeah. all it takes is that one opportunity, and you're just you're hooked. Yeah, so right. yeah. yeah, you're hooked. Yeah, I think probably at any any point <clears throat> or at some point in every, you know, bow hunter's career, they they have that kind of one aha moment where it's like, holy cow, like this is really cool. Like this is really really fun. Um, you know, I I don't know, I guess I I think back to my first deer, that's probably the you know, that's probably like was the moment for me, you know. I I remember the first year I bow hunted ever. I was 13 years old and had uh ended up Actually, I was literally the first night I sat, had this doe come by, shot, and I think I just, I must have just grazed its brisket and ended up running off. And we tracked it for, I mean, we looked all the next day, couldn't end up finding it. But so it's kind of like, ah, you know, bummer. But it's still like kind of lit a fire. And then, you know, later that year, ended up um, shooting two two more bucks um, or two bucks that year. Um, and just ever since then, I guess never looked back, but I don't know, just at some point, I think everybody kind of yeah. has that moment, you know, but, exactly. yeah, no, man, I, I think about how I got into bow hunting, um, Nebraska game in parks. I remember changed the, the age from 12 to 10, I believe when yeah, I you was lucky son of a gun. I know when I, I was, I, I was, I was, uh, I was in the sixth grade, pretty fortunate. Um, my my grandfather actually I I will never forget this he was sitting in a ladder stand across from me, um, both ends of this food plot we had planted and uh, this little four by four came in and it was a real windy October evening and uh, I just I, I just remember this buck came in and I was like and my dad had this one cedar tree marked I think it was like 22 yards or something and and he's like all right there's your limit right there that's as far as you can shoot and the buck walked right by that cedar tree and I shoot him. And he was courting away, and I initially thought I hit him back. And my grandpa's like, "All right, we're gonna go back, and we're gonna sit in the cabin, and watch TV." And of course, he turns on Fox News or whatever, and I'm just a nervous wreck the whole time. He's like, "All right, we're gonna go trail it now," and we trail it, and and uh, I'm looking all over, had no idea what I was doing. There was hardly a blood trail, and my grandpa, I hear him call, he goes, "Zach, I found something over here," and I of course go running over to him, and he was standing over my first deer right there, and uh. Man, I'll never forget that. He pulls up his old, I forget what year, even Ford, he drove some old beater stick shift freaking white Ford. And I, I'm, he's like, all right, I'm going to put it in the back. We're going to haul it back to the cabin. And 
I'm sitting in the back, and I'm like, Grandpa, I'm going to hold his rack. I was just scared to death. I was, he was going to hit a bump and shatter its rack. And I, we're, we're bumping we're bumping, bumping along the trail on the way back to the cabin. I'm holding him, and we get him hung up, and my grandpa is like, all right. He goes, he goes, you know, we had our celebration or whatever. He goes, like, congratulations, your first year or whatever. I'll never forget it. And my dad was sitting clear on the other end of the property, so he comes back to the cabin at dark. And, and uh, I remember he walked through the door. And my grandpa's like, yeah, I shot this buck, and but Zach was pretty upset. He he was going right to Zach, but I decided to shoot him. My grandpa at the time, I mean, he uh, forget how old he was at the time, but he's in, he hadn't shot a deer in forever, and he ended up killing a deer later that year with his bow. But my my dad was so jacked. My grandpa shot this deer or whatever, and he's like, yeah, Zach's just upset though. I feel really bad about it. And <laughs> my dad, my dad, I'll never forget. My dad was a. Uh, coming around the corner to chew me out just give me a rip and to say how i should be happy for my grandpa and stuff and i the the buck had broke my arrow and i come around the corner holding an arrow and go he broke my arrow and my dad looks at me with this confused look and i i said i shot that deer not grandpa and i'll, I'll never forget my dad about <laughs> bursted into tears when that happened but uh that was the story of my first deer and i uh man i was hooked ever since and it was absolutely electric i i've been hooked ever since and Man, I, I'll never forget that first hunt with my grandpa right across from the stand from me. Uh, still sit in that stand and almost get chills thinking about it from time to time. That buck walking by that little cedar my dad had picked out for me at my end of my shooting range. But uh, that's how it all started for me, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Shooting range has extended a little bit over the years, huh, buddy? <laughs> just a little. <laughs> yeah. we've, we've come a ways. Yeah, just a little bit. About my limit. Yeah. <laughs> top um awesome well yeah no that's great i mean yeah it's just uh something else i don't know i i obviously bow hunting's near and dear to me and and zach and you guys too it just it's uh i don't know it i know we're here and we're at the nba banquet and stuff and you know we can it, it, obviously when you're with all these people here and stuff you kind of get super jacked about everything bow hunting related which is great um but uh let me i'm gonna ask another question here of you guys um and i'll just pass the mic around again um you know we're we're here at the banquet um you know you guys have been i mean you guys have come several years now to the to the banquet and stuff and um get newsletters and everything and um, I don't know, I guess just talk a little bit about, it doesn't have to be a lot, but just, you know, what, what's your experience has been with the NBA? Um, what, uh, I guess what, um, what things you like about the NBA or whatever, um, just kind of your personal experience with, with being involved with the, with the organization and, um, just kind of go from there. Is that reasonable? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Kyle, uh, you know, got to meet Kyle quite a few years ago and just became friends, and he kind of got us into this, becoming members and stuff like that. And uh, we came to that first banquet that year, and we just, we had a great time. And I've had a great time every year since then. And um, my wife came that first year too, and her and my buddy Neil both got their first big game awards, and that was that was pretty fun to see. And, uh, you know, it's just getting to be around everybody who's, truly like passionate about the same thing getting to hear all the speakers you know the, just the banquet itself it's just a super fun experience something i look forward to every year now there's not going to be a year that that i'm going to miss it if i absolutely don't have to and 
um, you know, getting to meet new people too outside of the, you know, the banquet. And I'm like, oh, you guys need to become NBA members. I mean, it's a super great organization and, you know, it's just the, the banquet's fun. Halsey's fun. Um, I've only been to Halsey once, but I, I plan on trying to get there more. And it's just all the shoots they have out there. I mean, everybody is just, it's just a super well-organized organization and they truly care about conservation and hunting and just, uh, you know, passionate about what they do. And that's just kind of what has all got me, got me hooked about bow hunting. So that's kind of where I'm at on that. Yeah. Uh, Cal brought me to the first banquet two, three, four years ago, five years ago. Um, it's always a blast, you know, it's in March, so we're in the off season of hunting, but so you kind of get your itch scratched again with, you get to see a bunch of mounts and a bunch of, uh, deer and elk and there's a mountain lion down, downstairs, um, in the taxidermy deal, um, for this banquet. So just kind of a nice buffer between seasons, I guess, to kind of still satisfy your hunting craving you get a talk shop with a bunch of people that are like-minded, uh, a lot of good people here. Um, just, you know, a good organization overall. Like they talked about earlier, you know, they had a meeting today about different bills in the state of Nebraska. So if you actually want to, you know, keep track of, you know, how hunting is in the state of Nebraska and if your, you know, rights are going to be infringed upon, the NBA keeps up on that and, what you should and shouldn't vote for even so it's you know a pretty top-down organization as far as you know success for bow hunters in the state of nebraska it's just a good time a lot of people come and uh we enjoy the banquet every year i need to get to halsey uh one of these years probably hopefully this summer take my youngest and um just enjoyed it So this is Tyler. I've uh, this is my second year at the banquet. I've been an NBA member for a little over a year. Uh, Brody actually dragged me to the banquet last year. Um, may not have been the perfect year for my first experience due to obviously uh, world situations, um, but uh, yeah, it's NBA has been awesome. You know what amazes me about this group of people is. I mean, obviously it's Nebraska, right? I mean, everyone thinks of Nebraska as not having the greatest deer, you know. And, and I'm a guy that gets pretty dang excited about a 130-inch whitetail, you know. Not going to lie. I get pretty stoked about a 130-inch whitetail. You come here, and I don't think I've seen a 130-inch whitetail here yet. Everything is 140, 150, 160. There's probably a couple 190-plus deer here so far. There's, There's some there. giant <laughs> deer here, and it's like, these are Nebraska deer, you know. I mean, there's... The, the pride that people take in their herd and growing deer here is it's incredible, you know. It's it's really incredible, and it's 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 fun to be amongst the, the people here that take pride in these deer and just, as said before, are like-minded uh, individuals. So, uh, Tyler, I'm not going to interrupt you, but I'm going to interrupt you for a second because <laughs> I wanted to just touch on something you said there. Cause yeah. Um, you know, this is another thing that was brought up in the the meeting this morning, um, which I thought was really interesting. So over the last, what was it? 20 years, Zach or so, I think, um, they, I mean, well, actually, no, you're, you're fine. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's 
since like the the 90s even into the early 2000s um i just think it's pretty cool how in our state and i think it's probably across the country a lot of it but um you know people recognize the the um the uh value um in proper deer herd management um and you know allowing bucks to you know get to a bigger um, older age class um, but anyways, where I'm going with this is, you know, uh, Game of Parks does their hunter surveys and, and, and does their, their whitetail um, and mule deer, I guess, too. Um, their sampling um, during the rifle season. Well, 20 years ago, um, they, you know, I think it was 50% or something like that, 70%. I think in the early 90s, it was like 70% of bucks taken were like a year and a half. Um, maybe I might Holy be cow. not, I might not be quoting that correctly, no, but it, it's something like it that. was, wow. it was, yeah. it was super high. Is well, so this was, high? this was the rifle Holy sampling. Cow. Yep. Yep. Um, last year was it 16% or something like that? So, I think it was like yeah. 16. I, I, I'm sorry if these numbers are not right, but much lower percentage of, of deer were year and a half. Um, so remember last year yep. though was online surveys not in person true so true. that can't well no i'm talking you. 2021 2021 was still was check in wasn't it no was it not last year was in per well last year was in person yeah. before this COVID was was online was or telephone was yeah so it was 2020 was tele yeah 21 was check in. Yeah. yeah so this is this was last year's data I mean, wow. in a, like 2021. So they would have been looking at oh, teeth. If you, and, if you go to yeah. a check-in station during rifle, it's, there's, I mean, they shoot anything. There's, yep. yeah. there's a fawn in every other yep. trap. Yep. Yeah. But I just, anyway, I just thought that was interesting. I mean, so we pretty much went from, you know, like I said, 50 plus percent in the late 1990s, <clears throat> early 2000s, year and a half old bucks. And now we're at sub 20% year and a half old bucks which is pretty cool i mean another kind yeah. of i guess fascinating thing to me was back in the f like 50s i mean if you shot a deer in nebraska it was a big deal like there was not deer in nebraska it was kind of amazing you know now we talk about bonus tags and all that stuff back then it was you know somebody shot a deer it was a in the newspaper yeah. yeah um so just the state of nebraska's population has you know exploded anyways that's all i wanted to say about that <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> and that's all i have to say about that yeah yeah it's funny you say that neil because well you had the article of your neighbor landowner neighbor with the the newspaper shooting that big yep. deer yep. yeah so, yep. uh, yeah Laid over, laid over the hood of his truck to shoot his bow. Yeah. Slowly laid the rifle. They had no idea what was going on. Yeah. The deer were not scared. The deer <laughs> had no idea. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess my story, or, you know, what I like about this, this is my second year being here. Um, but, yeah, the camaraderie, I mean, like you guys have talked and touched on, it's, everybody's here for the same interest. So you're, you're meeting new people, you're, you're building relationships. Um, the, the wall of fame is, it's awesome. It gives you hope <laughs> and it pisses you off. <laughs> so, Just a little. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, jealousy. yeah, a lot of jealousy. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, but I, good jealousy. Right. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, exactly. You're happy for everybody. Yeah. But yep. Yep. It's um, it's just cool to see that stuff and what everybody, everybody's success that they've had with a bow and I don't know. And then everybody's, you know, the pictures and the photos people take. Um, and there's just there's so much that goes on to it. And yeah, I think I think the biggest thing for me is just the camaraderie. And, and I don't know. That's where it's at. There's no other organization like the NBA. No. I truly believe yeah. that. Just yeah. in the sense of a, you know, I, I was talking to some of my coworkers at the at the clinic this week, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to the NBA banquet. They're like, oh, well, you know, yeah, the Nebraska Bowers Association. You know, we're talking. I'm like, yeah, it's like you know, been going to this for, I don't know, since I was seven or eight. And it's like you know, and it's just like it's a, it's just like become an extended family, you know, pretty much, and and. Uh, you know, and then obviously, like I said, you know, kind of getting you guys involved, and um, I guess I didn't really get you involved, but you you've come and you're you're here, and and oh, uh, you forced us. Yeah, <laughs> held you at gunpoint. No, <laughs> like, it's fun. Let's yeah. let's go this year, and then ever since then, it's just yeah. been yeah yeah. Callum's yeah. celebrities. Yeah, I don't know about that, but but yeah. no, I mean, it's just it's just such a. I mean, you know, like I said, I know this podcast for the NBA, and obviously, I'm probably biased, but. Um, I just feel like we got this pretty special organization and it's pretty cool to, you know, we have these events and, and they, we always have these events. We always have a banquet. We always have a jamboree. Um, and that's been going on as long as I can remember, probably before I, well, I noticed before I was even born. Um, so, I mean, just, that's, that's hard to, I mean, I think that's hard to say for a lot of organizations. I don't know, maybe not, but, um, it's uh, just getting bigger and cool. bigger every year, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, you know, certainly holding steady to increase in all the time. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess something Zach and I always talk about is, I mean, man, if you listen to this podcast and, and you, you know, you're an NBA member and you don't come to these, you need to come. Like, Absolutely. You're missing it, out. You on need it. to come. I mean, it's just, I'm telling you, like, it, you know, come find come find one of us or something. We'll, you know, it, hey. Uh, I've heard, uh, I don't know, I'm, I don't hesitate, hesitate to even get into this, but, you know, I've heard sometimes, uh, I've talked to maybe a couple people and they've said, yeah, I've been to Banco before, but just, you know, I didn't, didn't really, I don't know, whatever. And I'm just like, man, what are you, I just, like, I don't know who you were hanging out with or what, but like, man, you need to, I mean, we need to, you need to come back again. Cause we'll get you like, you know, we'll get you involved. Like we'll get you you know, in the good group of people, we'll get you get you talking. I mean, you'll be up at two a.m. and still talking to people. I mean, I almost guarantee you, like that's just the way that yeah, it goes. Sober. You know, but yeah, yeah. yeah. very that's sober. Yeah, obviously. Yes. If you like to have fun, then I wouldn't come. No, yeah. don't recommend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah. Anyway, no, so I'll I'll touch on kind of expand on uh, what Blake and Kyle said. Um, it's it's all about the camaraderie, and it's like a family, and that that's what it is to me. I mean, I've been coming here since I was a, I was a kid, and now I look around and I, I you know look out in the crowd and just see several people that you can just lean on. You know, it's like a, it's not even strictly about the bow hunting. It's like you got an extended family who's there to, you know, you're lean on. I I, I look around, I see people who've been there for me through tough times, and heck, even people who've welcomed me into their own house, and I've, I've living with even guys like Tom Nam and friends reaching it, reaching out, willing to give you a helping hand whenever, you know, there it's, and that's just a rare thing that you don't find in a lot of organizations. And like I said, it's not even about the bow hunting. You're going to come here and make friends that are going to last your entire life. I hear about people attending their first banquet or first halls and you're like, Oh, so-and-so 
brought me over for supper and gave me food and drinks and didn't even know him before and they welcome me in like they've, they've known you for 20 years you know and that's just it's just such a rare thing and if you come here just for the bow hunting aspect it's great, but if, if that's all you come for, you miss the whole point of the NBA. I mean, you got an extended family here who's going to welcome you in like like you're one of their own family members, and uh, that's just so special, and that's that's what the NBA means to me. I mean, like I said, I can look out in the crowd sitting there in the banquet, and there's every direction you look, there's someone who's, who's like someone who's like a family member to you, and, uh, man, I can't just even begin to tell you how much that means to me. Yeah. That's, no, for sure. It's it's hard to, I mean, like I said, I know I've been coming here since I was a little kid, but it's hard to walk around without like, you just like, oh, hey, how's it going? Oh, hey, how are you? Hey, how yeah. are you? You know, it's just exactly. Like, it's so you know, you you want to talk to everybody, and it's like you know, there's not even enough time of the day. I was gonna it's say like, two and a half yeah, days yeah. or however many days you go for Halsey, it's not even enough to catch yeah. up with everybody. But, yeah, uh, for sure. No matter who it is, it seems like whenever you run into them, you pick right back up where you left off. And uh, yep, yep, yeah. Uh, no, cool. that's for sure. So I mean, it's just the the fact of like getting to meet new people that you've never met before, and just who are into the same thing as you. And like, I didn't know Zach, and I didn't know a lot of other people before I started coming to these. And you start supporting those guys and following them on social media and stuff like that. And it's just it's awesome to to get to meet other people that are truly passionate about the same thing as you, and and getting to watch their success of what they're doing now too and it's just it's a blast to to get to know everybody here and whether you know anybody or not i mean if you like hunting and bow hunting you can make friends super easy because there's always something to talk about Instant, you know there's yeah. never any dull time where it's like well what do i talk about now it's like <laughs> i mean you're here for hunting and sporting other hunters and it's just it's super fun to just get into that and yeah. be around everybody so yep it's a good organization if you like stories it's the place to be too. that's for sure good every stories, person's stories, yeah funny whether they're real or not there's a story on every person yeah. Yeah. one of the best yeah. storytellers is that's yeah. 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 that's the thing about maybe not a maybe not a true storyteller but hey but a good story yeah he needs to wear a tall hat so then everybody knows where he's at start your start your day that way not to not to throw a 180 in this, but we're just talking about storytellers, and you know we probably should. Did we mention on the last podcast? Did we? No, I don't think we, we did. I know what you're gonna say, and we need it, to touch on. Because it happened. Has it had it happened yet? I don't remember. I don't. I don't know. Anyways, I, I, I don't think doesn't it matter. But um, whether it happened or not. But anyways, we should throw a plug in here because um, I think probably. Every outdoorsman in the state of Nebraska, whether you're an NBA member or not an NBA member, um, whether you hunt with a rifle or whether you hunt with the bow, whether you hunt with the shotgun, whether you hunt with a a rock, I don't know. You you know who Dick Turpin you know who Dick Turpin was, um, and you know he he passed away here uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, you know he's been in the NBA since I think pretty much its inception. Um, and you know we uh obviously condolences to his family and stuff and i uh i i knew dick pretty well um i remember as a kid i mean for whatever reason i was fortunate enough that i guess he knew my dad well and 
Um, he would always come up. We'd, we'd do uh, rabbit hunts with, with beagles and stuff when I was a kid. I just like we'd go ice fishing together. I mean, I, I spent quite a bit of time with him when I was just a little a little fart. Um, but, man, you talk about a storyteller. Like, <sighs> holy cow. <laughs> I mean, that guy, that guy, you could... You could he could talk about a rolled up piece of crap for thirty minutes probably or something. I mean, like I just every word. I mean, for sure, you know. Um, And so he 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 was just a cool guy and and uh, you know such an integral part of our organization. And I mean, he's been a staple at pretty much every banquet I can remember for a long time. Um, I don't remember the last one. Was he here last year? I think he was. I believe he was. Yeah, he was. can't remember one that he's missed so i don't know just pretty cool it's been kind of for me personally i guess and i think for a lot of members in our organization here it's been a tough past i don't know three or four years i mean we uh i don't know there's i and i forgive me if i'm forgetting somebody but i just for me personally i mean dick mock obviously was a huge Mm -hmm. um huge part of our organization for a long time and i spent probably more time with him than almost anybody yeah. you know and working for him every day but in the summers and then dick turpin of course so i don't know it's just a uh, sad deal but obviously you know it's uh in a better place hopefully and um that's just kind of i guess the way that goes but he'll be he'll be remembered for forever um, that's absolutely right you yeah. look at guys like that i mean talk about i mean legendary hunting with guys like fred bear i mean even read books about fred bear and they talk about you know the mock cabin up on up on plum creek yep, and all that yep. and it's just like man that's as real as it gets right there the, yep. i mean that's you talk about all the bow hunting legends these days and uh they uh they don't even hold a candle to guys like that because those are the originals yep. right there yep yep um I, I i did see carol i haven't had a chance to talk with her yet but uh, i see she's here this year and yep um, even if you don't, don't know her, um, I, I, Kyle and I have talked about this. We regret every day not going and interviewing some of the people like that. And, yeah, uh, yeah. man, it's super special when you get people here with a lot of history like that who have done, like I said, amazing things that even read yeah. about guys like that. And it's like, yeah, you just don't from our generation see guys like that coming up. Maybe they yeah. are, but yeah, like, yeah. just legends. Yeah, Zach and I, how many times did we talk about going down to interview Turpin? <laughs> we talked about it a lot. I mean, and, just, uh, and I just, I'm going to kick myself every day for the rest of my life not doing that. And sorry for our podcast listeners that we didn't, I guess. But, um, I, you know, I think, uh, I think his memory will live on regardless. Um, people remember his stories. I'm going to share a story about him because I, while we're, since we're on the subject of Turpin, um, when I was a little kid, he told me a story one time. So he was a he was a, I mean, conservation officer, game warden for a long time. Um, he uh, and then I think was head of the game game warden department for a while. I don't know what the official term is, so forgive me. I'm not I'm not saying that. Game warden. Department. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, commissioner. Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Neil. You nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Anyways, he, he always told me this story, and I don't know why this story has stuck with me and will stick with me till the day I die, but um, he told me this story. They, they had to, for some reason, they had to go out to this lady's house, and I don't even remember where this was or why they had to go out there or whatever, but anyways, Dick, Dick always told me they had to go out to this lady's house because they were talking to her about something, and 
Every time they'd get out there, they had this German shepherd, and this dog would come flying out of this house or off the porch and would just be bark, 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 growling, like just hairs standing up on end, like everything you can imagine, like just looking like he wanted to eat your lunch. And then as soon as she'd come out, then she'd say, hey, you know, and the dog would back off or whatever, you know. And well, anyways, Dick Dick told me, like, he, you know, one time he got tired of this. He was got... got uh, Tired of this dog, you know, every time they need to go talk to this lady, this dog's just, I mean, barking and growling, and they're sitting in their truck trying to, you know, and this dog's just going crazy. And, and uh, anyways, they, uh, he said one day they pull up, and I can't, somebody was with him, I can't remember who, but he, he said, uh, yeah, he said, you know, I got tired of this. And so he, they get to this house, it was always kind of a delayed response. He said, they, they'd pull up, and then it was like 10, 15 seconds, and then this dog would come rolling out and come barking, and. He said, one day they pull up, gets out of his pickup, and he goes and he sits on the end of this sidewalk that's come from this house, and this dog is coming, like, rawr, rawr, you know, like growling, just going crazy. Well, Dick told me, he said he got down on his all fours, and he just starts growling and barking right back at this dog, and he said two seconds later that dog, like, just, like, slammed on the brakes, looks at Dick, and goes running back towards the house. And he said that dog never did that again. That. <laughs> I don't know how true that story That's was or not. But, German but, Shepherd, and she's yeah. big, scary, bark, scary, you know, if that dog's coming after you. But, man, she's a big old wuss. You know, <laughs> kind of like you, Brody. <laughs> Anyways, that story from Dick always, always uh, I don't know, always made me laugh and for whatever reason stuck with me, I guess. But. Um, anyways, um, I guess, yeah, they just wanted to put a plug in for Dick though. Dick Turpin, yeah, we're that. sad to, sad to see him go, but like I said, it just, I guess. Guys like those though, who kind of got the organization to where, where it is now though. That's right. Absolutely. No, we're, guys we're. guys like you and Zach that, keep you know, going, keep it on. rolling. And, yeah. We yeah, try. We're <laughs> burning it to the ground. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, it might, <laughs> might burn it to the ground, but, uh. We're, we're trying. Sink or swim, right? Sink yeah. or swim. Keep paying yeah. us to come. We'll keep going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, a couple more things I wanted to touch on. Um, anything else about that, Zach? Or, no, okay. I think that was well said, Kyle. And like I said, I think that was a good to touch on that. I, I, I don't think we it hadn't happened yet from our last podcast as far as we knew. But, uh, yeah, well said. Yeah, the other thing I wanted to talk about, so we kind of talked about everybody's intro to bow hunting and um, and just what that looked like, and we talked about the NBA and stuff, obviously, of course, but I want to hear about some hunts. Um, so, yeah, I know, uh, I guess who wants to start? I guess I'm, I'm going to put the spotlight on Neil here, but Neil, I want you to, so number one, I want you to talk about last year, but then I also want you to talk about our trip to Iowa. I think I, I know I've talked about that on here before, but I want to hear your side of that and, and what that was like for you and, and how, uh, how that looked. But first tell the story from last year. Last so, year? Yeah. Okay. so last year is kind of a short story. Went up to Kyle's ranch first few days, really not seeing deer. Um, but you know, after it sun up sundown, different stands, all that stuff. And, um, Saturday morning was it yeah this this past season I think Saturday morning Kyle's like go down to the south end you're gonna kill a deer okay so I get down to the south end he's like if you get to the fence you went too far 
for the stand and sure as hell I hit the fence I'm like I missed the stand so I went back so I drug some scent in to the fence but got in the stand and sat all morning nothing it was like 10 o'clock I think and I see antlers coming through the trees I'm like that's a shooter I'm gonna shoot that deer and I like spring out of the stand stand straight up the deer stops stares straight at me I'm like Son of a bitch, I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to sit real still. He's not going to know. Be fine. So I sat real still. He kind of settled down, started feeding again. And when he was feeding, I grabbed my bow. I'm like, uh, I'm going to kill this thing. And stare straight at me again. I'm like, yeah, I got a backdrop. I think I should be okay. Starts stomping at the ground. I'm like, yep, we're screwed. <laughs> so stomps at the ground for a bit looks at me again, blows off. I'm like, damn it. So missed that one. And I know it didn't smell me because like within the next couple minutes, a little forkhorn came four yards from my stand. So uh, moral of the story is if you see antlers coming through the tree, maybe just take relax, your take your time. But I <laughs> shot up like time. a rocket, <laughs> like ready to go and spooked that deer. So and and then Kyle had uh, trail cam pictures, beautiful eight, just would have been Pope and Young, I'm sure. Yep, yeah, it, just painful. You wish you didn't have pictures. Yep. So that was my 2021 adventure. Um, Iowa was interesting. Uh, Kyle shot his buck the first night that we hunted. Um, nice buck, just south of Pope and Young, but. Nice buck. Always, always south. <laughs> um, and then the next night, um, so Kyle had tagged out. So I was up in the tree in my saddle, and Kyle was set up 30 yards from me, just kind of watching too. And um, at one point in the night, he's like motioning at me, and I'm like, yeah, I see it. So there's a buck coming in right behind us. So at 12 yards, I draw, shoot, looks perfect. Arrow didn't pass through but it went right to Kyle's tree and the buck kind of was swaying and we're like, it's going to die right there. And Kyle had thought like, maybe I should shoot it again, but he saw it swaying too. And we both kind of thought this thing's going to die right in front of us. And it kind of slowly goes down the hill. And so we wait 45 minutes, get out of the tree, not a ton of blood tracked it for, couple hundred yards across the creek and different things and um i had luminox so we were tracking and saw my knock and it was just kind of slowly moving and we're like well we'll just mark this spot on our map back out come back in tomorrow we'll find it never found that deer so i mean we put time into searching for that lost blood just absolutely no clue what happened. I mean, shot looked good. Kyle saw it, thought it looked good, and never found that deer. So um, the last day. Yeah, I just want to clarify. That deer was standing 10 yards from me, and I looked at the arrow and thought, that deer is dead. And, I mean, I literally did think about shooting it again, but, like, I thought that deer's going to die within a minute or 30 seconds, and I don't know. Anyways, but go ahead, Neil. Yeah, so <laughs> never found that one. And then we're on our last full day in Iowa, and we're sitting up in beautiful morning, like 
great sun up, kind of frosty morning. Does came up from the bottom, spooked, and then all of a sudden we hear kind of crashing up above us, and a doe came running through and two small bucks. And a really small buck came through, and then Kyle and I are 20 yards away. Another small buck comes in, and Kyle looks at me, and I, like, nodded him. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to shoot this thing. Like, I think the tag was eight, 900 bucks. I was like, I'm going to shoot something. So it stops it. It was right under underneath me. I had to wait for it to kind of spook a little bit. And then I think I blew at it and it stopped and turned and I shot it and um, found that one. So I think my $900 Iowa tag was for an under 100 inch whitetail. But. Great hero. Oh, it was perfect. Yeah. No, actually, I sawed them off. They're just Christmas Christmas ornaments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a small deer, but, you know, the experience was good. You know, you, you don't get that that close to to animals that often um so i should i i shot a nicer one you know a few nights before but uh just absolutely no clue what happened with that thing um yep i've heard that story a bunch of times this is brody here um but uh <laughs> it gets better and better every time i hear it actually Thanks, you're welcome um but no, some of the best success I've had is actually on our annual trip that we go to uh, uh, Kyle's Ranch. And now we had a place in Omaha that we called the Killing Tree where we could, you know, I never killed a turkey there, but you did a bunch. <laughs> but we still called it the Killing Tree. And now we have a new Killing Tree and it's at Kyle's place. And Kyle, you know, I killed one of my biggest bucks there three years ago. And Your biggest buck with the bow. Yeah, well, biggest bug ever, actually, and it was with my bow. And, uh, you know, this year, and Kyle's like, I wouldn't sit there. I wouldn't sit there. It's bad, <laughs> bad wind. It's just not going to work. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to sit there and see what happens. <laughs> and uh, so I, I go and sit there, and every, you know, when Neil killed his, he Neil killed a deer there the two years ago when I killed mine. And I'm like, Kyle, I think they're going to come from a good direction. They're not going to come from behind me because that's where the wind was blowing. And sure enough, right at, at you know, there's probably 20, 30 minutes of, of shooting light left. And these two muleys come hopping over the fence. And I'd never even hardly seen a mule deer in person ever. And I'm like, wow, those are some big horns, you know, compared to, you know, an a average size whitetail you see. And I'm... Again, kind of what what Neil did. I'm kind of with his, with his deer that he stood up at. I'm kind of panicking almost, like, so I draw back way too early, and there's a few branches that I was that I needed to miss, and I should have just let down, and I didn't. And I've talked to my wife about this before too, and I'm like, you should have let down. You know, you would have had you would have had more time, and just you need to just relax and shoot. And sure enough, I did exactly opposite of what I'd tell her to do. <laughs> And so I'm, I'm like squatted down a little bit in, in, in this tree stand. And I thought it was a decent shot, but it wasn't great. And uh, it was a little far back. And he's hunched up about 20 yards from, from where I had shot him. And I couldn't get a shot at him then. And, you know, he kind of walks away. I try to shoot again. It's like 50 yards just to get one more in him because he's still just standing there hurt definitely hurt and I miss 
arrow skips, we find it like almost 150, 200 yards away from, you know, it kind of skipped off of the ground. Into the canyon for. Yeah, yeah. So then I shoot again, and it was a little high, and I, uh, you know, I, I didn't know if it was a great shot or not, but I'm like, oh, I got two arrows in it. It's gonna, it's got to be a dead deer. I'm all excited. Call some friends. Call my wife, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm nervous. I don't know where it's at. I think it's dead though. We go and look that night, and there's, it was the first arrow was definitely, little gutty, far back, not, not a lot of blood. It was guts. Yeah. <laughs> Well, appreciate that. And uh <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. And um so we look around a little bit, couldn't find blood. The second shot we found that arrow and it was had blood on it, but it definitely was was a backstrap shot. There was you could just tell there was muscle on the arrow. Didn't know for sure, but we It didn't look uh, yeah, it didn't look like a we lost solid shot. There was hardly any blood. So we looked around a little bit. It's dark at this point. <laughs> Well, turns out we were looking in the right spot. So we, but we do back out, and uh, that next morning, I think uh, Kyle and Blake were hunting, mm-hmm. and then Neil and I went to look for it. It was about eight thirty or eight o'clock or so, and I'm like, I'm gonna look down by where we were looking last night, where I saw, because I saw eyes looking at me when I would when I walked over the ridge. And I'm like, that had to have been him, and sure enough we literally walked within 10 yards of this buck searching for it the night before. And I'm glad we didn't look any harder because turns out I walk up to it. I'm FaceTiming my wife, super happy, just jacked, pumped, like found this deer laying there. It wasn't moving at all. And I'm like, Neil, I found it. He walks over and we're high-fiving and stuff like that. And about two or three minutes later, Neil's like, Brody, that, that deer's still alive. I'm like, holy crap, <laughs> He's blinking. Like, you know, he wasn't moving. He couldn't get up. He was ready to die. He was breathing, too. Yeah, so I hang up with my wife. <laughs> breathing. <laughs> and uh, alive. put one more in him. And, Probably why the eyes were blinking. You know, it was, uh, I was super stressed out all night because that, I've never had a, a shot on an animal where I couldn't find him right away. And, and I know it happens. Coyotes. Yeah, yeah, a lot of coyotes around. Been there. Yeah, so this, this deer lived for, out of the you know. <laughs> 12 plus hours, I guess. And, uh, you know, I was just lucky that we did find it. We didn't, I'm glad we didn't push any harder that night because um, truly backing out, it was 100% the right call. Because I think if we would have looked a little bit harder under mm-hmm. those cedars, there's no question he probably would have got up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the killing tree got it done again. And um, I'm just super blessed that we did find him. And, Hopefully, uh, I'm sure it's going to happen again because it's just bow hunting. But hopefully, it's uh, you know the tracking job and just knowing when to push or not to push is you know comes apparent and learned a lot from that one. So we, that was uh, my hunt this year, and I'm just blessed that we did find it. So my first muley. Can we can we plug the sound effect in for uh, this? <laughs> <it's not laughs> <laughs> the getting job for yeah. Brody was oh, less than oh, deserved. Where's that video? Where's the video yeah. around here? I also, I also learned we really shouldn't have got that deer. We should have quartered him because I was struggling. <laughs> I'm not sure why. I yeah. yeah. Gut shot deer and... equals quarter. Don't gut. Don't yeah. gut a gut shot yeah. deer. Yep. Uh, 
We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> that was a, that was a struggle. I yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, of course you were videoing. <laughs> Neil didn't yeah. enjoy it. There's no video to recap of that scenario. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> man. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it's something we can laugh about now. Yeah. yeah. No, that's we a good. Proof. That's a good point. I about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have all been there. The uh, yeah no it. Uh, <laughs> I think two points from Brody um, that he brings up. I mean, obviously, congratulations on the deer, Brody. That was that was pretty cool. It was the only deer we shot that trip, which that's pretty good. Twenty five percent success on a mm-hmm. you know four day hunt with bow. That's that's not bad. We've yeah. we've done better than that in the past. We all saw a deer. We just we did. Yep. Yep. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, just knowing, you know, and, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm kind of preaching to the choir here cause I know a lot of our listeners, you guys know this stuff, but just, you know, knowing when to push, knowing when to not, um, you know, gut shot deer is going to die. Um, they'll die eventually. It just, you know, we, we don't want that to happen. We don't, we don't ever want that to be the case, but the simple fact of the matter is that it happens. Um, it's happened to me. It's happened to Zach. It's happened to Tyler. It's happened to Brody. It's happened to my dad. It's happened to Zach's dad, probably. I don't probably. know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know, some of, even some of the best some of the best bow hunters that that I know. I mean, it, it happens from time to time, and it just yep. It's hard to put yourself in that scenario all the time. And so sometimes you just you know yeah, you just got to know. Hey, time to back out and. Um, but yeah, no, that's, uh, good work. We, we got yeah, it we done. Found so. it, we got it done. We, we did, did right by that animal at, at, you know, at, uh, a certain point, I guess it just was what it was, yeah. but that's, mm-hmm. that's part of it. So, but yeah. Blake, let's hear about yeah. your does. Okay. Well, you know, you guys got me into the, the bow hunting thing and it would have been cool to share that moment with you guys, but, um, but I got we could have if he just would have shot that well, little I buck. Know. But he would have put know. me on something better than <laughs> I would have shot. <laughs> uh, had a terrible guide for my first hunt. Um, <laughs> no, but I I did get to share it with uh, my wife and my oldest son, which was pretty special. And uh, we we got lucky. So my wife's from Valentine, and her fa- my father in law is uh, good friends with Kirk Sharp, who's an NBA member, and so. We got permission to go hunt his land, which he's killed some some massive deer off of, and um, just a few, just a few. <laughs> he's got one on the the picture wall down there. That's pretty sweet. So, um, anyway, yeah, so it, it was it was doe only. You know, he wanted to he wants to protect his his herd, which is is perfect. He owns it. It's it's, it's his deal. So um, we were okay with that. I just you know after being at your ranch and you know getting the itch and not shooting and kicking myself. I just was, you know, ready to shoot something. So he put me in his special stand and, uh, we saw two nice bucks walk by. And it was just, it was hard to watch that. But, um, you know, the, the whole, the whole time it was, I don't know, you know, teaching my son, you know, here's what you're looking for. And, and he was actually the one that spotted the first deer, which was pretty cool. Um, but you know, we got in the stand. I didn't realize my mother-in-law had packed my son a snack for the stand. And I'm like, he goes, Dad, can I get the snack out? And I said, yeah, sure, whatever. Well, she packed it in a brown paper bag. And in the bag was 
carrots it was chips there was a sandwich and i'm like oh <laughs> my god <laughs> so he pulls it out i'm like buddy you gotta quiet down and then he pulls out carrots and starts chomping on carrots and i'm like all right this we're not gonna see deer you, i mean you gotta put it away we're not gonna see anything and i don't know some time passed and we're talking and all of a sudden here comes three doe and um or three does and so first one comes out first one comes out at uh, i don't know 15 yards and I draw back and shoot and and knocked her down and I mean she didn't she didn't go anywhere and uh, the other one just kind of stood there and was like what what just happened you know and so I drew back again got another arrow and in the meantime I'm making all kinds of noise because I'm just shaking you know so I'm the arrows are knocking on the, the bow that's and it's never just happened like, to me no. so I don't know what that's like <laughs> yeah. but yeah no. I'm like oh my <laughs> no, god it felt yeah. like it took 30 minutes yeah. to get the next yeah. arrow knocked and I'm oh, like oh does. my god this deer is gone I look up it's still there and so I drew back shot and it ran and um and I watched it but it fell down and uh yeah, I mean, it, it probably ran 45 yards, and so yeah. Well, it was it was it was awesome. Be able to share that moment with my my wife and my son. I think he's hooked now, and and uh, I don't know. I, I I guess I couldn't imagine it imagined that it going any other way than how it did. So um, yeah, somebody was there to witness, it and, and uh, it, was, it was a blast. We had a lot of fun. No, that's awesome, so. man. Yeah. The, the fact that uh, was Tucker with you? Is that yeah? Tucker, yeah. Yep. yeah. The yep. fact that Tucker was there too—that's super cool, man. Yeah. Like future NBA member. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tucker, Tucker Thompson, future NBA member. <laughs> Tyler. Oh. Let's God. hear about your buck for this year, buddy. It's not one I want to brag about. I will say that. But, hey, uh, that's okay. We're we're all we're, we're all transparent here on this podcast. A- absolutely. So we're all good, but yeah. Being, I'll be completely frank and honest, you know, I'm, I've been shooting a bow for 20 plus years, you know, it's, uh, you know, this year was a very humbling experience, you know, I made a terrible shot on a buck that should have been a slam dunk, you know, buck came in completely oblivious to my presence and I just made an absolute terrible shot. I knew it when the time came, but we found him and it all worked out. You know, um, hindsight, you know, is always twenty twenty. You know, it was one of those things. Made a shot, liver shot, and uh, watched him run across the cornfield after the, the shot. And uh, just, I watched him hunker up kind of just for 15, 20 minutes. I just watched him just stand there, hunched up, you know. Hind, hind legs were kind of under his belly just super sick you know mm-hmm. but i mean that was probably 150 200 yards after he ran across the cornfield like he was sick he was hurting you yeah. know i yeah. knew right where i hit him i'm shooting a illuminated knock you know it helped it really does help watch see where that arrow went into the animal but you know he was he was sick he was hurting um it was kind of the last 20 30 minutes of light when i saw him disappear kind of into the trees and I made the call to back out. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna stay in the stand. I'm gonna come in the morning. You were you know? kind of questioning yourself. I was. Oh, I, you I, called me. Even I did. Like, I, I just did. went through the same scenario. Yeah. And I'm like, if it was a little far back, dude, just like, yeah. back out. You know where he walked into. Just chill and like, it's gonna be a shitty night, but, you know, we can, <laughs> we'll go look in the morning. No, and and that's exactly what we did. You know, this was I think September or geez, September, just November. 
It was November 8th. I think it was November 8th, 8th or 9th, thereabouts. Um, but we, we let them stay overnight. Um, and we, wa- we went in first thing that morning uh, after first light, and we found them. How, how long did it take us? Ten minutes? Ten minutes. We, Ten minutes, yeah. We, we were we, just following a little bit of blood here and there, and I'm following blood, and Tyler's kind of scanning the horizon just to look and make sure, making sure we're not bumping anything, right. you know. Yep, yep. So, so I mean, we we went to the exact tree where I watched this deer <laughs> hunch under, and we found blood. We found a, a decent pile of blood, and like like as Brody was saying, Brody was kind of following blood, and I was back five ten yards behind him, just making sure we weren't bumping anything, just so I could see what was going on, and it was. I I I was I bet it was five minutes we found that deer. Well, we found his bed. We found his initial I, bed. I, I found right. his initial bed, and then I'm still following blood, and, and Tyler. He like, circled back to his left, about ten yards. Yeah, fair. His final his bed from bed. his first bed <laughs> was was about ten yards away. Yeah. So where you saw him walk in, I think we, on the onyx we were tracking it, and it was about it wasn't a far. total of like, when you saw him walk into the tall grass, it was about maybe fifty, 50 yards, yards total yeah. that he walked, and then bedded, and then moved, and then he was he was done. So. so from from where I saw him hunch under the tree to where we found him, it was it was under fifty yards, yeah. Total, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I mean, it's 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 a good reminder to back out if you know it's a questionable shot. It's also a very solid reminder, and this was just obviously based off my personal experience. I'm I'm terrible. I don't know about the rest of the group here, but once season starts, I'm terrible about shooting arrows. You know. I'm That's great. True. I'm you practice re- all summer long, and then exactly. I, I'm great about shooting my bow every day from about January through about September, and then season starts, and any free moment I got, I'm I'm sitting in a tree, yep. you know, or it's, it's either family time or it's hunting time. I don't have time to shoot some arrows, you know. So it's a very humbling experience to remember just to shoot some arrows, even if it's a couple, even even <laughs> if it's two arrows in the basement a night at ten yards. I mean it. Just that going through that shot process and remembering how to execute a perfect shot. That's it's it's a reminder to me, and I'll, I I mean I we my wife and I just bought a new house, and I've been shooting every day in the basement. Every day, it might be three arrows, might be six arrows, but it's a few arrows in the basement. So and that's something that I'm gonna make sure I bring forward this year and every year forward is just once season starts, even if. I feel like I'm making good shots. I mean, you got to make a couple shots in the house every day. Yeah. No matter no matter what, no matter what, it, it takes you. How long does it take you to run through ten arrows? You know, I mean, ten arrows in the basement, even if it's five yards. Exactly. You know, yeah. five yards. It's it's all about that shot execution. Fall through, make that shot. That's right. I don't know what it is about when you get into the hunting season. All of a sudden, you think you don't need to shoot because. <laughs> well, I mean, I think oh. I, you know, Your I'm guilty is, of it too. Time sometimes is spent hunting instead yeah. of yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It's just yeah. But it, what's it hurt to? But I, I'm, I'm just as guilty. You know, it's I'm, like I mean, we, we all, we all are. Of, yeah. You know, instead of taking ten minutes to scroll through Facebook at the end of the workday, go yep. shoot yeah. some arrows. Yeah, you know? yep. yeah. There's, there's a, I make excuses, but there's no excuse really. Yeah. I mean, yep. we, we, uh, we spend a lot of time doing a lot dumber stuff than flinging arrows <laughs> oh it's true sure. i mean my last two years i'll be honest i've made terrible shots on the last two deer i've killed terrible 
Hit them both in the exact same spot. No. Yeah. Well, <laughs> fair, fair. I was trying to thread the needle on that a lot on 2020 deer, but uh, you had good you know, I got lucky. You know, sometimes yeah. you get lucky, and that's all yeah. right. So. Um, hey, yeah, I know about that. There's one thing of making a bad shot and knowing you made a bad shot versus making a shot and just you have no idea why you hit the deer as bad as you did. Yeah. You yeah. know. Yeah. So. Do it for the animal. Well. <laughs> well, it's just it's just hard sometimes. Yeah. yeah. It's just it's bow hunting. Yeah. This is it's it's just bow hunting. Yeah. It's it's not perfect. Every yeah. every opportunity you have to, to kill an animal. Uh, I mean it's. It's it's not beautiful, you know. It's, it's they don't necessarily die the way you want them to die. Sometimes, you know, we're, none of us do this to wound, wound an animal and make this miser, miserable yeah. for these. They ain't animals, just they ain't just standing you know? there just waiting for you to shoot them either. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff yeah. going on. So. At the end of the day, you know. they're a wild animal. and They're smart. Yeah, and they know how to survive. Yeah, for and they're sure. tough. That's what yeah. they're, they are tough. That's what they're out there to do is survive. So, That's yeah. all they do all day, every day. Is they're there to survive. I mean, survive, eat, and breathe. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Awesome. Um, well, thanks, guys. Yeah. That yeah. Was fun. Okay. That, that I think. Was uh, I think that's pretty good. I think so. I mean, not to toot our own horn, but that yeah. that might be the best podcast ever. No, I'm just no. kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah. Um, Shoot, I guess anything else, Zach? I, I don't, I don't know. We're we're gonna go and uh, probably have some lunch here and and go check out some of the banquet stuff and go to the banquet and uh, I guess go from there. That just sounds like a horrible time. Yeah, just <laughs> it's gotta be miserable. <laughs> yeah, I'll just we'll, we'll you know we'll try to try to muscle through just it, but it'll be it, uh, you know it'll be terrible. But appreciate you guys doing this too. It's oh, fun to shoot. hear some of the stories you guys put on the podcast and people you talk to so well, well thanks blake at least somebody's I, 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 we've got an audience of one blake thompson <laughs> <laughs> no. i haven't left a review yet though, so. oh, yeah. jeez man <laughs> yeah but anyways cool well anything else i don't think so all right well i guess with that this is kyle Klammer. and this is zach welch and this is the good life bow hunter official podcast of the nba see you later guys